Hello and welcome back to the Fire Mark. I'm your host Alex Berg. Today is January 28th, 2022. And uh, we have a couple of winners from the first two weeks of the trivia. So I want to thank you guys for playing that. Um, we do have two out of three quirk questions answered for the week three trivia. So I'm going to give it another week and see if we can get that last answer down pat. So that $20 gift card to Target is still up for grabs. But uh, if I don't get another correct answer, I will give it to the person that has already answered the first two questions correctly. So let's get right into it with the uh, current event segment. So um, I had Grant Kensington on a few weeks ago. And uh, obviously, if you could tell from our, our talks, he is uh swings very left which is not bad but um we were getting into a conversation about uh certain leaders Ron DeSantis, Joe Biden about doing what's right in the world and what's wrong in the world and what people's opinions are and so forth and you know it seems to me that uh you know people ask like why why is Biden mandating vaccines and why is he mandating masks and you know forcing people to get a shot saying you'll be fired this and that and Grant brought up a, a good point about, you know, what what is his intent? Is, is is he, you know, going to sleep at night thinking that, uh you know, he's just trying to screw over the country? And I'm like, well, no. But, you know, it got me thinking about intent. We, we don't know what his intent is. You might think it's paved with good intentions. You don't know what anybody's intent is. You don't know what Trump's intent is. You don't know what DeSantis' intent The only person that knows their own intent is the person that's carrying that brain of theirs. Uh, you know, and, and, and case in point, like the other day I was having pizza with my family. I ate two slices of pizza and I asked my family, um, do you guys think I'm going to have a third slice of pizza? They had no idea because only I know, only I know if I'm hungry enough to have a third slice of pizza. How does my family know? So when you measure intent of what people are going to do, it's kind of hard to say what their intent is. So I have to try to just take people at face value and I try to not read a lot of articles about what reporters say about people or what their intent is i mean you know you see in the in the news all these people are like DeSantis is going to be running for president in 2024 has anybody out there ever heard ron DeSantis announce his candidacy for presidency in 2024 no and the reason why is first things first he's got to run for governor in 2022 but besides the fact like the media tries to spin this well he's a trump puppet and he's a blah 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 you know, let's just see what happens and let's not get ahead of the game. You know, I, I get into arguments all the time, too, with a lot of people that, that are very left. Uh, and and they ask me, as I said before on this podcast, that, uh, you know, I've had COVID. I have natural immunity. Um, I have antibodies. I've been tested for them. And I don't want to get the vaccine because, obviously, I have the natural immunity to it. Um, so I ask people, they're like, oh, you don't want to get vaccinated. Well, you know, don't you realize that 850,000 people are dead and blah, blah, blah. And I said, let me, let me ask you guys something. And they're like, okay. And so I've asked all these people, I said, do you believe in aliens? I said, on a scale of one to 10, do you believe in aliens? And, you know, I get random answers anywhere from like two to nine or whatever. Like, you know, just straight believe in aliens. And I said, okay, fair enough. And I said, let me say this, if an alien ship landed in your backyard and aliens came out and they brought you on board their ship and they wished you away to another planet and showed you all this technology in a different planet and all this other crazy stuff, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much would you believe in aliens then? And invariably, everybody has said that their number would be higher, much higher than the original thing. And I said, well, that's exactly my point. I said, I base my reality on my perception of what's around me. 
Um, right, wrong, or indifferent. But, you know, I worked for over a year in this pandemic in the fire service running 911 emergency calls. I was hearing on the news that this was a pandemic and this was a problem. I wasn't running a lot of COVID calls. They were telling me the hospitals were overloaded. I would walk into the hospital. They weren't overloaded. Where was this information coming from? Was it in different areas? Was it just not in Florida? I mean, that seems kind of ridiculous to think that the, the, the virus was only affecting New York City and not anywhere else in the country. I mean, it spread throughout the country. Florida had one of the highest case rates per day, I think, uh, in July of 2020. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that information. But, I mean, you know, it's it's ridiculous when when you see and experience something in your reality and then – uh, what you hear on the news is just completely way different. It's, I don't know. So anyway, I, I just think that was a good analogy when I have these discussions with people and I don't want to get into arguments, but just discussions. Um, you know, they say that the vaccine keeps you out of the hospital. Well, here's my thought on this. We know that the vaccine doesn't work to prevent COVID because people every day are getting COVID that are vaccinated, boosted. So the vaccine doesn't work as they intended it to work. They originally came out and said it was 95% successful, and that was a lie. Biden came out and said, you're not going to get COVID if you get the vaccine. That was a lie. Um, but they say the vaccines keep you out of the hospital and keep you from getting really sick. I want to know, how do they know that? There's no data to know because there's no control subject. You know, science tells us that you have, you know, when you do an experiment, you have a control and then you have a whatever the other thing. I forgot what it's called. But um you have to have two of the exactly same, what, identical twins that have the exact same kind of DNA and makeup and medical history to know that one would be unvaccinated and one would be vaccinated and one would spend more time in the hospital. I don't see any way for them to know with any sort of accuracy if, you know, I had COVID, I had certain symptoms. There's no way to know that if I got vaccinated, how the symptoms would have been because we've already been through this once. So when you say the vaccines will keep you out of the hospital, there's no data or way to go ahead and analyze that and tell us that. So, you know, everyone needs to go ahead and make a choice. This is not a vaccine. It's like people said before, this is a therapeutic. It's like Tamiflu, NyQuil, and I don't even know if it's effective as those medications. Um, you know, it, it, it's something that helps you through a disease, so they say, but it's not something that cures it because nobody's walking around with smallpox or polio or any of these other things that we've been vaccinated against. I mean, even chickenpox. We've all had our kids vaccinated from the chicken pox and chicken pox is basically non-existent and you know that was on the first try so i to me uh moving on uh this week the fda suspended the use of monoclonal antibodies uh here in florida well i think it was actually nationwide and these things were proven to work for symptoms if you take them in the first couple of days of getting covid I mean, I know uh, a handful of people that have taken monoclonal antibodies and their symptoms have improved almost immediately. I didn't take them. Um, I got better in about three or four days. Um, would I have gotten better in one or two? Maybe. I don't know. But I didn't I didn't go and, and do it. But, you know, the FDA is saying that they don't work against Omicron. I know people that have had Omicron or got sick uh, recently. So more than likely they had Omicron and they worked on them. And, you know... From what I understand, there's no contraindication to taking this medicine. So if it's not harming you, 
If it doesn't help, then okay. But if it helps, all the better. So why remove it? Why remove it? You know, th- this just is going to raise more questions than it gives answers for. We already don't trust the CDC, the presidency, and all this stuff. Everybody agrees that the information has been flip-flopped a million times over. And, and now we got the FDA doing this. I, this this breeds a lot of suspicion, in my opinion. So, out of the news, too, in Boston was this horrible story, too, that you might have heard about. Was uh, There was a heart transplant patient. And they took him off the heart transplant patient list because he won't get vaccinated. I mean, this is just such a travesty. I mean, if you're on your deathbed and this is the only way you're going to get it, it's wrong. You know, you shouldn't hold a gun to somebody's head with this. But, you know, you got to get vaccinated because you need the heart. You're not going to live without a heart. So, I mean, I don't know how true you're going to stint to your guns. Uh, and you're just going to die for your own principles, which is a little ridiculous. But, you know, karma's going to get these people. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Grant and I had watched the Saw movie series. And if you guys have watched the Saw movie series or the, the sixth movie of the series was a very interesting series because it talked about healthcare. And the victim of the sadistic games that they were being put through was this awful, awful insurance company president who was denying coverages for people left and right so that he can make a fast buck. He was a horrible, horrible person. And him and all his people that worked for him at his agency that did terrible things were being put on trial through these sadistic games. So they were, these were bad, bad people. And at the end of the whole thing, I mean, this is spoiler alert, so turn it off if you want to see Saw 6 at some point. At the end, when he gets through all his games, it turns out that the family of one of the people that he didn't help that ended up dying... Uh, a la this guy with the heart transplant, it was his uh, wife and, and son that made the ultimate decision on whether he lives or dies. And, you know, I'm a strong believer in karma, and when you do things like this, you know, I mean, watch out, because that karma is a killer. That's all I got to say about that. Um, interesting bill that's being proposed in South Carolina I saw this week, South Carolina Bill 4848, making it illegal to ask about vaccination status. So that means if you walk into somewhere and not only you can't ask for someone's vaccine card, you can't even ask that they're vaccinated. Like you can't even have a verbal conversation about it. It says it's punished. It could be punishable up to a $14,000 fine or a year in prison. Now this is just a proposed bill. We're, I'm going to look really into it to see if it passes, but you know, I, I agree. This is interfering on, I mean, I don't know if it needs to be so far that you need to have a fine, but people, you know, this is like a social thing where like people just don't have the right to interfere in your personal medical decisions. You should not be asking people whether or not they're vaccinated. This is a personal choice. And if you don't feel comfortable, then you don't interact with them. And, you know, that's it. That's, that's how I feel about that. But, uh, on, on the liberal side of things, though, I do want to note that San Jose, California um, just actually um, ratified a law, a new gun law that you need to have liability insurance, just like car insurance, um, to go ahead and have a weapon so that there's some accountability so that, you know, the weapon has to be obviously registered and, you know, everything that has to be done just like when you own a car. And then now there's an extra insurance just like you have car insurance. And for me, I think that's great. I mean, I know all the people that are way right that are very, very big on guns. We're like, oh, it's an extra fee, and they're trying to take our guns away, and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I think having insurance on it is, 
I think there needs to be stricter laws even on driving. We need, we need to use this as a stepping stone to go back to driving. You know, if you're going to own a weapon, and I think the people that have weapons will be completely fine with this. You know, every couple of years you need to verify to somebody that you know how to use it properly and safely. But that should be go right back to the car thing because there's obviously there's definitely more uh, people that die in automobile accidents than gun violence. I think I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I think. And you know these people, everybody needs to be retested at least once every two years. I mean this is ridiculous. You know, 85 year old people. I got into a near fatal car accident on December 3rd of 2000, and the driver of the car was 72 years old and he caused the accident. I mean, who knows what the hell was going on with that guy? So, you know, I'm lucky to be here, thank God, but uh every two years, I mean, you need to be recertified for driving, and I would even use that to be like a stepping stone so we can live in a safer environment. But anyway, that's my piece on current events this week. Um, Our trivia for the week. So we're going to go back to uh the end of the Civil War. Uh John Wilkes Booth, after he shot Lincoln at Ford's Theater, he jumped on the stage because Lincoln was seeing a play. What? is the Latin phrase that John Wilkes Booth said to the crowd after he shot Lincoln at Ford's Theater. One more time, what Latin phrase did John Wilkes Booth say to the crowd after he shot Lincoln at Ford's Theater? I will not penalize anybody for spelling. If you're close, that's fine. If you don't know, look it up. This is all about learning something. If you don't know, if you do know, that's great. And a $20 Target gift card, like I said before, and we'll be right back on the fire mark with sports. And welcome back to the Fire Mark. This is our sports segment. Once again, I'm your host, Alex Berg. This is January 28th, 2022. And we'll jump right into it. we got a lot to cover. Um, I saw on the news, John Stockton, uh, people know him, uh, NBA legend, played, I think, all his career with the Utah Jazz. Sadly, didn't win a title after uh, beating, getting beaten out by Jordan a couple times in the finals. I think he's the all-time uh, assist leader. He is a alumnus of Gonzaga. Um, a lot of people know that, uh, and he's really the reason why Gonzaga is even on the map. Um, he's their most famous alumni, and I guess he still holds season tickets. Well, his season tickets were suspended this week. Why, you ask? Because he wasn't wearing a mask at Gonzaga home games, which I guess is a requirement. Um, he's very outspoken and part of the anti-mask, anti-vax community, uh, some of which I agree with, some of which I don't, but I th- found it very interesting because he m- did make a statement that, um, he was referencing that there were a lot of soccer players, athletes dying on the field because they took the vaccine. Now, a lot of people are trying to debunk that, and one of the most famous things, which I find is funny, is... The tale of uh, Christian Eriksson. Christian Eriksson was a or is a uh, uh, soccer player from Denmark, um, and the Euro 2020 was playing last summer. He was playing in the first match against Finland, and around the 42nd minute, he went into a complete cardiac arrest. I mean, right there on the field, they showed it on TV. In fact, I still have it on my DVR. You saw the whole code. Uh, right there, they shocked him. They put the pads on him. These paramedics saved his life right there on the field in front of 80,000 fans. I mean, heroes. And now the reports are coming out that he didn't have the vaccine. 
But wait a minute. Um, I'm pretty sure that I'd read and I'd looked up before too, and it's, it was, it was out there. Uh, he had played for a Italian team in his regular professional career outside the Euro called Inter Milan. And the Inter Milan doctor verified that he was vaccinated against COVID-19 on May 31st. And this was a game match played on June 12th. But for some reason, mysteriously, the information that was provided by the coach has been now trying to be debunked that he really wasn't vaccinated because before he had the cardiac arrest, they were proud to say that he was vaccinated. But afterward, oh, no, they can't have anything bad coming from potentially the vaccine. Now, I'm not saying the vaccine caused his cardiac arrest, but you have a healthy 29-year-old male that's one of the top athletes in the world in peak physical condition, and 12 days after taking this kind of unproven new drug, he has a cardiac arrest? Find it fascinating. And also very interesting that he was fitted with a cardiac pacemaker, rightfully so, once he recovered from his cardiac arrest. And he was kicked out of the Italian League and Inter Milan because they don't allow players that have pacemakers to play in their league. Makes sense. They don't want somebody that's a health risk. So he's still trying making a comeback, which to me is ridiculous. I don't know if anybody remembers, but there was a hockey player. His name was Jay Bomeister. He played a lot for the Florida Panthers, for you South Florida fans. Uh, played for Calgary, went to St. Louis. He won a cup with St. Louis when they won the cup in 2019. In the 2020 season, he was playing a regular game on the ice, felt fine. He coded right there on the ice. Boom. Now, luckily, he re- uh, recovered as well, and he wanted to make a comeback. And then his family was like, uh, no, uh, I think we need you like living for the family and your career as as great as it was, is over. So, Christian Erickson, I don't wish any ill on him, but to try to make a comeback after having a cardiac arrest, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent about what you feel about the vaccine, if it caused it or not, is still wrong. Uh, I mean, you need to take care of yourself and your body. Your life is not worth dying on a soccer field. That, that Bottom line. So, Getting right to the NFL. Oh my goodness. Uh, we had four games, uh, this past weekend, uh, the divisional playoffs and all the games went down to the wire. They were all won on a last second play. Uh, just gonna jump right into it. Um, first game was Bengals Titans. Um, I've been kind of a closet Cincinnati Bengals fan. I always went back to the day with the icky shuffle. Uh, always liked the colors. They were kind of like always the underdog. I had fond memories of watching my my first Super Bowl that I re- well the first Super Bowl I really watched was the Dolphins getting beat down by the 49ers. But when the 49ers got back into it, and I hated the 49ers, and the Bengals were playing them. I wanted the Bengals to win, so that was uh, fun to watch. Even though uh, the Bengals lost that Super Bowl in uh, 1989, but um, so it was it was excited to see them beat the Raiders, and then now they're playing the Titans. So. Um, I had a couple things about this game. The Titans get a touchdown. They tie the game at six, and then they go for the extra point, but somebody was offsides. So now they want to go for two. And this was never an issue prior to them changing the try for one point to two point after the, the, the touchdown, but I absolutely hate it. 
When you get a touchdown, in my opinion, and you make your pick on what you're going to go for, one or two, you're stuck with that decision. You don't get to change and flip-flap back and forth, and this team committed a penalty, so now we're going to go for two because we're closer. Then we committed a penalty. Now we're going to go back to kick an extra point. No. You make a decision. It is what it is. You have a false start on the two-point try. You go five yards back. You're doing the two-point try from the eight-yard line. That's it. There's no changing. This needs to be a rule. It needs to be changed. It's absolutely ridiculous to to go back and forth with this. I mean, it's stupid even to – and they need to be from the same spot too. I know they're like, oh, it's harder with the extra point or whatever. I'm like, I'm sorry your kickers are better. But if you want to try a different try, then then get rid of the extra point altogether and and have you go for two every time. I mean, th- this is ridiculous to, to be like that. So um, the uh, – the Titans had an interception late in the game, and they um, scored with, I don't know, not much time left to tie the game to go to overtime, and, you know, I was, uh, it was an exciting game, um, but that interception, to me, was ridiculous. Um, the ball hit the ground, they went ahead and they challenged it, they reviewed it a couple of times to see if the ball helped, the ground helped them, but, you know, an interception is just like a completed pass, it's a catch. 10 out of 10 times, if that was thrown to a offensive receiver and the ball scraped the ground, that's an incomplete pass. Nobody's going to call that a catch. So the fact that he intercepted the ball in the same fashion, that's not a catch. It was ridiculous. The ball hit the ground. I don't even understand what these officials are doing. Uh, I'm glad the Bengals won because they deserve to win, and they definitely even didn't deserve to even go as far as overtime because, in, in my opinion, that touch on my Titans was crap, but... Moving on, Packers 49ers. Uh, did the cold affect the game that much? I mean, it was freezing there. It kept flashing the temperature zero. Uh, what are you doing at a football game? They, they showed A-Rod in the crowd. What, Alex Rodriguez, what are you doing at a football game? You have more money than God. Why are you at a football game that's zero degrees? I could watch it on a big screen TV. Why? Okay, I don't know. I've never been to Lambeau Field. I'd like to get there. Maybe it's a different experience. Maybe it's worth braving the zero degree weather. But, you know, the Packers were a great team all season. They let the 49ers hang around and hang around, and they took advantage. And, um, you know, I was kind of disappointed because a lot of people after the game, you know, credit to the 49ers, but a lot of people after the game were were happy to see Rodgers lose because he's unvaccinated. I'm sure there's a bunch of people who think the same way about Kyrie Irving, and they're happy that Novak Djokovic got booted out of Australia. You know, I had a friend on Facebook uh, post uh you know, uh, Rogers lost. What a jerk. And that really struck my nerve. I'm like, he's a jerk. Like, do you know him personally? He's a jerk because he didn't, he chose a different medical opinion for his body than you did and doesn't want to get vaccinated. That makes him a jerk. Like, I don't understand why somebody is a jerk or people call them worse because they choose a different medical choice than you do. I mean, you know, where are we as a society where like everything has to be the same way as every other person, and nobody can have any sort of independence or any right to choose things. You know, I, it just drives me crazy. But credit to the 49ers getting back to it, and uh, I'm looking forward to see them play the Rams, who moving on to beat the Bucks. What an amazing game that was. Unbelievable comeback. You know, the Rams, just they just let Tampa Bay hang around and hang around. They could have put the foot on the throat of the Bucks in the first half and been up, I think, 27 points if they got a touchdown at the end of the second quarter. But they didn't. They turned the ball over, like, at the three-yard line. They kept fumbling the ball back to Tampa. I think there were four lost fumbles. I mean, every opportunity to give the game away. 
And even when they would have put the game out of reach and gone up 17 with like nine minutes to go in the game, the kicker for the Rams misses a 47 year, year, uh, 47 year old, 47 yard field goal short. I, short? I mean, I know left, right, and whatever, and win factors, but, you know, you got to be hitting 47 yarders in this day and age. That leg's got to be strong. I don't know what happened there, but credit to him because he did hit the game winner later. Um, amazing throw from uh, Cup to, by Stafford. And, you know, I mean, listen, I, I like Goff. He's a nice young quarterback, but, you know, maybe the Rams had it right, and maybe trading Goff was a smart move. Um, seems to be working out. I mean, Sean McVay, credit to him. I, I, you know, I like him, and and the Rams are an exciting team, and I uh, got Van Jefferson. You know, go Gators. So, um, I was happy to see the Bucks lose too. Um, I've never liked the Bucks. I mean, I was a Dolphin fan growing up, and I just, I don't know, I've always just not liked the Bucks, and tired of seeing Tom Brady in championship games too, and hearing the media kiss his butt all the time. So it's good to see some different teams in there. And the last game, Bills Chiefs. What a crazy game that was. Uh, Josh Allen and Mahomes, they're, they're more than special. I mean, they're, they, they make the NFL the NFL. They're just so exciting to watch. And then, you know, gotta give a local shout out to Gabriel Davis, who graduated at UCF. Four touch, four receiving touchdowns in a playoff game. That was the most ever. I was shocked to hear that. Most ever in a playoff game. More than Jerry Rice, Chris Carter, Randy Moss. I mean, amazing wide receivers. And this guy, Gabriel Davis, who's like 22 years old, most touchdowns, most receiving touchdowns in a playoff game. That game was back and forth, like four lead changes in the last two minutes, 25 points in the last two minutes. Um, the Bills coach, uh, I think his name is McDermott, he was getting a lot of slack for not giving a squib kick in that last 13 seconds. Bills scored with 13 seconds left to go up by three, and he didn't do a squib kick, so they started the ball at the 25-yard line after the uh, touchback. Uh, listen, K- Kansas City had two timeouts. And if he did a squib kick, I mean, you could fair catch that. You catch that and you go right to the ground to take a knee. Once, only one second is going to come off the clock. And if you squib it, they could get the ball at the 40. They had two timeouts. So let's say he gets it with 11 seconds left. If you're at the 40, you only need one pass play, two pass plays, and, and, and you're getting in field goal range anyway. So, I mean, whether or not you did the squib kick or not, it really didn't make a difference in the game. You need to credit Kansas City for making the plays because one incomplete pass and you don't get that field goal attempt. And what's going on with the Bills' defense giving up 44 yards in the last two plays in 13 seconds? You know, that was the problem, not the squib kick. So, you know, let's focus on what needs to be done. Um I still don't like the overtime rule. You know, Kansas City gets the ball. They run all the way down. They get a touchdown. They win the game. It worked against them in the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago when the Patriots beat them. Um, I've always said, you know, the OT rule, it needs to be a full quarter. I mean, as many times as you can score in that full quarter, that's up to you. Um, if you're tied again after one quarter in the playoffs, then you play a second quarter. Same rules apply, two-minute warning, coaches' challenges, all that stuff. You play it like an extra fourth quarter. Um but, um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, the rules committee, they meet April or something like that or May. So maybe after seeing this again, you know, two times in the last three, four uh, uh, playoffs that maybe they'll actually make a rule to change for the OT. I mean, you know, I was even at a game this year. Carolina hosted Minnesota where uh, the game went to overtime. It was a great game. And then Minnesota gets the ball. They run all the way down. They get a touchdown. Carolina never even got the ball in overtime. So, 
they got to change something and do something about that. So anyway, that's our sports segment. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, looking forward to this weekend's NFL action, uh, conference championship games, Bengals Chiefs, followed by Rams 49ers. So your trivia question for the sports segment is how many Super Bowls have been previously won by the four remaining teams? So I'm looking for a combined number. So I want to know the Bengals, the 49ers, the Rams, and the Chiefs. How many Super Bowls have they all won collectively together? So I'm looking for a number answer. So please uh, rack your brains on that or look it up if you don't know. And that's the end of our sports segment. We'll be right back with our entertainment and Cobra Kai. And welcome back to the Fire Mark. Once again, I am your host, Alex Berg, and I am gratefully joined by my beautiful oldest daughter, Madison. Again. Again, and uh, we are continuing our trek through Karate Kid Cobra Kai. If you notice the music in the background, that's the uh, golf and stuff music. Uh, Daniel and Allie's date, and I think later on it was Miguel and Miguel and Sam. That's right. So that was a very cute homage that they had there. Very quintessential 80s song, 80s music here. I kind of dig it. So... Anyway, getting right into the entertainment section, just want to review a couple things first. Uh, my wife and I this week saw this uh, play, uh, Broadway in Orlando is back, which is great, after a long hiatus, and the show is called Ain't Too Proud, it's a about the life and times of The Temptations, and wow, what an amazing show. The dancing, the singing, the, the plot, the pacing, everything was great. Uh, in your area, if you get Broadway shows, um, some of them are hit and miss, but if that ain't too proud because it's touring the country, comes to your area, highly, highly recommend. Um, couple movies seen this week. We saw, uh, this fantastic film called National Champions. It got no publicity. And, uh, I saw an ad for it. I'm like, oh, that seems interesting. So basically what National Champions is about, it's a fictitious tale about, uh, a guy who's a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and his team is playing in the national championship game. And three days before the national championship game, he has a press conference to say that he's not playing until uh, all college athletes get paid. Now, the information's a little past the times because they did pass the name, image and likeness law and so forth. But um, the material was great. It's it's a drama. It's a lot of talking but there's a lot of twists and turns in it. Um, it's a sports movie without really any sports in it, um, which was very interesting to see. The main actor that played the quarterback was this new actor called Stephen James, and apparently he played Jesse Owens in a movie called Race a couple of years ago. Um, so he's an up-and-coming actor. He was fantastic in this movie. Um, J.K. Simmons, who you know from the Farmers commercials, he plays the head coach. Um, a couple other actors you've seen before are in it. Um, but this is a five out of five stars. Highly recommend. I was engaged from beginning to end, but the material was awesome. There's a lot of like Steve Levy and, and Mike Greenberg. A lot of ESPN people are in it. So they try to make it like kind of legit. And, uh, it's produced by Russell Wilson, the Seahawks quarterback. And he actually has a cameo in it as well. So, uh, I thought it was very interesting subject matter, very compelling. And, and if you get a chance to see it, it's called National Champions. Excellent movie. Um, then with the kids, or my son in particular, because he's obsessed with Mario, 
We watched the old 1992, I think it came out, Super Mario Brothers with, like, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. Garbage. Negative stars, if I could give it. I don't even know what, who that would appeal to. But for some reason, Ben liked segments here and there because they were dressed in the costumes. I, I, it's a, I, I, the movie needs to be thrown in the trash and never seen again. So, um, two thumbs way up for National Champions, two thumbs way down for Super Mario Brothers. Okay. Getting into it now, we're going to get jump right into Cobra Kai. We finished Season 1, so we got a Season 1 wrap-up. Madison, what were your thoughts on Season 1? Um, I like it, and I think one big thing that I noticed that's, like, introduced in Season 1 is, like, how, I mean, it's kind of obvious, but, like, how Miguel is, like, the Daniel figure mm-hmm. in Season 1. Right. Like, he goes to a new school, like, he moves into a new town, he goes to a new school. He oh, yeah, it's true. He has on the new, po- like, the popular girl, mm-hmm. and starts dating her, like, out, like, you know? Right, and she's it's dating really... the bully. Kyler was the bully. That's just like true. Johnny was. That's true, Right? Too. And then they yeah. kind of break, yeah, so it was very, right? Yeah. Like, I, I didn't think about really, that. really, like, familiar, like, even though he's, like, with Johnny and, like, doing Cobra Kai, like, he's, like represents Daniel and like in school and stuff and like how he is. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a good good uh good pickup on that. Um there was a lot of things I liked. I um you know, there's a lot of very cool flashbacks to a lot of scenes from the first karate kid. Um, you know, Daniel is kind of at a crossroads. He goes and visits Mr. Miyagi's grave and then remembers the lessons that Miyagi taught him about balance and balance in life. Um, I thought that was really cool, and they also had a, a flashback that you never saw before where Johnny's like 13 years old and he goes and visits Cobra Kai for the first time. Oh, yeah. And, you know, seeing Kreese in there, the fear does not exist in this dojo, and he gets, you know, into it because he obviously had a bad upbringing with a, you know, kind of deadbeat mom and a, and a the stepdad that didn't care that was just a paycheck, really, or, or just, you know, just there for money reasons. Did it even mention about his stepdad in the movie? Like, no, they, they didn't talk about his family at all. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, so it was cool to like see because no one ever knew that. So like maybe that's why he was like a bully. Like you just never knew why he was so mean and why he right like Cobra Kai. So that like helped explain it a lot. And that's what's great about the first season as it goes on and on. Like you see more. Like there's a really cool scene where Daniel and Johnny like end up at the bar and they're having some drinks and whatever. And then you realize that they're more alike than you thought from before. You know, yeah. and uh, you know it's. Uh, it's it's very cool. So um, I also wanted to note for you fans out there, uh, the the trivia question from last week is mentioned several times in season one of Cobra Kai. I'd forgotten about. So if you do not have your answer to that, you could rewatch a couple of things of season one or even the first Karate Kid. So and the one thing I picked up on, which was really really funny, is uh, there's a scene where where Sam Daniel Larusso's daughter is uh, checking checking uh, social media. And, um, they, uh, they have all these responses and they're, they're kind of making fun of her. And one of the usernames was AFTA AFTA, 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 which is like something Miyagi would say, like, AFTA AFTA. And, and, and they, they do like a very quick thing on the screen, but you know, that was done obviously out of respect for, for Mr. Miyagi and Pat Morita's awesome character. So, um, it was cool too, where Robbie, uh, Robbie's introduced as, uh, Johnny's son, a strange son who lives with the mom and 
doesn't really have a relationship with Johnny and then uh, gets a job over at LaRusso Automotors to kind of piss Johnny off and then starts taking karate to piss Johnny off. And, um, you know, Daniel shows him, like, how to wax on and wax off and all the cars. And it's almost the same exact dialogue that they were using from the first movie. So that was cool. And as we mentioned before, Sam and Miguel have their first date at golf and stuff. So that was a throwback to the first movie. And the song uh, in the beginning is the same, right? Yeah, and the same song, yeah, right? Song. The Young Hearts Beat Fast or whatever it's called. And, uh, you know, Daniel uh, Daniel goes to great lengths to seem more like a bad guy and, and, and bully in, in season one, in my opinion, than Johnny. Yeah. You know, Johnny seems like this, like, sentimental, like, kind of lovable loser character that you want to, like, root for. And then Johnny and Daniel is almost the one that, like, has it all wrong and starts, like, doing the bully stuff. And, you know, it's almost like they took it to heart. I thought with, uh, like a lot of people's perspective where you, if you look at it from Johnny's perspective that Daniel was the bully and even in Cobra Kai, there's this time where, uh, Johnny is talking to Miguel and he says all this stuff about Allie and how it came to be. And then Daniel LaRusso came to town and he moved into my girl and you look at things from a different perspective. And I don't know, it's just a great lesson in life that not everything is all just like one side and how you see it. Mm-hmm. It's like different following different characters. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, even, um, you know, for you, Maddie, like I think for Christmas or something, you got the Twilight book, mm-hmm. right, to read. So and I don't know if it was ever completed, but Twilight is, is, is a novel that's from the perspective of the female, I think her name is Bella, uh-huh. the female character. And then, you know, the author wrote this whole book and then decided to write the, rewrite the novel again, but from Edward the Vampire's perspective. Really? So it's like the same scenes, but from a different perspective, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, that's cool. I don't know how far she got, if maybe she just rewrote the first book or telling of it, or I, I don't know. It's something to look into, but it's, but it's interesting. So. I love that kind of stuff, like different perspectives and like. Yeah. That's really cool. I yeah. Know, I just started reading the book. Okay. Then, we'll have to review that later. Yeah. That, that's great. So, um, you know, so many homages, um, Robbie's at the, at the dojo and, and, uh, and, and Johnny and Daniel were out. And then when they come back and Johnny sees Robbie there and thinks that's like all the things. So he pushes Daniel and Daniel gets pushed into one of his championship trophies and the top little figurine gets broken off of it. And I think that was like exactly from like the beginning of, uh, Karate Kid Part 2, where it was right after the All Valley tournament when Crease breaks Johnny's uh little man off the top of his turn thing. So I thought that was a neat little homage as well. And then of course the big thing at the end where Crease comes back and uh that was the big cliffhanger and and that, you know, he's he's a great character too, even though it was referenced earlier that he died. Um obviously that was fictitious, but um just like, it was, it was great. I mean, I'm looking, I, I'd seen it before. I'm looking forward to rewatching season two and three, and then we'll get into season four and the movies. And, and, you know, I know it just gets better and better. You introduce more characters and stuff like that. And, you know, they, they just throw in every little sort of fan service there when Robbie gets hurt and Daniel rubs his hands together. That was so funny. And then he's like, medic. And, and then, you know, when they would go back to fight, he's like, Daniel LaRusso's gonna coach. It was like the movie where he's like, Daniel LaRusso's gonna fight. So. That was kind of funny, a little bit cheesy, but funny. But um, I didn't notice that until we were watching it for like the third time. I was like, "Oh!" And then you already knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It's. It's great. You find a lot of things if if you watch the season again. That's what's great about it. You can find all these little Easter eggs that they throw in the more times you watch it. So, anyway, on to our trivia question. Uh, this should be an easy one for you, Cobra Kai fans. 
Very simple. Who wins the All-Valley Under-18 tournament as seen in the last episode of Season 1? Very, very simple if you've seen it. So that's the trivia question for this segment. And Madison, it was awesome having you again. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to do Season 2. Yep, next week we'll be reviewing Season 2 in its entirety. And uh, moving on through there. And um, look forward to having you on again. And that's all for our show this week on The Firemark. Once again, I'm your host, Alex Berg. Don't forget about the three trivia questions and the $20 Target gift card. And we will talk to you next week.